David, I love that candle you're burning. You seem to always have a great candle burning. I am very aware of how room smells. When you've spent over a decade with a 75 pound Labrador retriever and two teenage boys, you start to worry that your house smells like the inside of a gym bag. I would imagine so. You know what I wish we'd had for the last decade? What? That Puro Air Purifier we now own and use all the time. I love my Puro Air too. Did you know that indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? Yes, I lived with two teenage boys. I can 100% testify <laughs> to that. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Gases from a preteen boy? <laughs> I'm dreading when my nephews start making those gases. Just you wait. Thankfully, Puro Air uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. You wouldn't drink unfiltered tap water, so why would you breathe unfiltered air? Thanks to my Puro Air Purifier, I feel like I can breathe again. Check it out at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time, getpuroair.com. Check it out now. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we are so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow provides meaningful screen time and shared experiences for families to help you grow in your faith together. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.gominnow.com. Heather McFadden is the host of the popular Don't Mom Alone podcast with over 14 million downloads. Heather's weekly interviews have been listened to at least once in every country on the planet. When she's not recording conversations in her messy closet, she's driving in Dallas traffic, feeding four growing boy men, or walking the neighborhood with her entrepreneurial husband, Bruce. I have a very specific memory of being in the Daystar house on another side of the house and David and I having our phones from each of our offices pulled out into the hall, talking to you on a podcast, each of us on our landlines, having a conversation the first time you ever invited us to be on the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I think it was one of the first podcasts we'd ever done, either one of us. Aww. And then a very specific memory, well, Probably we both have probably a hundred specific memories of traveling and speaking all over the country. People coming up and not saying, I read one of your books, but saying, I heard you on the Don't Mom Alone podcast so many times. I mean, Heather, all over the country, you just have changed so many lives and made so many people feel like they're in community with you. You've given them hope. And so, 
for us to get to sit with you and have you on our podcast now is so fun for us and something we've been excited about for a long time. Well, you all are precious, and I'm honored to be on here. Oh, we're grateful to call you a friend. Now. We are so happy to have you here. And you just released your first book. <laughs> I'm holding it. You can't see it, but you need to see it. So get online <laughs> so and order it right yeah, now as we're too. talking about it called Don't Mom Alone. And Heather, we'd love to even just start there. Talk about why you wanted to write the book and also how you even had the first idea for your podcast, which we love as a resource. Well, I guess I'll start with the podcast since that came first. It was actually because I didn't write a book 10 years ago that I have a podcast. And for any parent listening who feels like their careers are passing them by because they're in the stage of little kids or they're going to miss out on an opportunity. I just want to encourage you that God's timing is perfect. We hear that so often ad nauseum, but I am so thankful I did not write that book then and instead was prompted to start a podcast and (laughs) use the gifts and time I had available to me with four boys, young boys in the house. And that goal, that reason at the time was I like talking to people. I like connecting people and stories. And I thought, well, this is an easy way to get to have conversations from my closet, chat with, you know, interesting people. At the time it was mom, friends of mine, my dad, my mom, you know, my in-laws, and then just whoever would say yes, because nobody knew what a podcast was and you guys in your hallway. (laughs) And then, you know, just I don't know. I had no clue what God would do with it then. And so that was the gift of trusting him and doing what was in front of me instead of thinking I had to do what everyone around me was doing at the time. And then fast forward and that show, which used to be called God-Centered Mom, transitioned to Don't Mom Alone because a listener was using the podcast with her community to listen on their own and then get together and discuss as like a podcast Mm. club, like a book club. And so we use that hashtag to promote podcast clubs. You know, don't just listen on your own, use this as an excuse to get together and don't mom alone. And so once we saw that taking off and hitting a felt need, we thought, oh, that's a more accessible name for a podcast than God-centered mom, which feels (laughs) <laughs> like unattained. I've already failed. I haven't listened and I'm failing. Mm. But the Don't Mom Alone encompasses to me continues to be God-centered in that I can't do this on my own. I need mm. God to fill in the cracks, know more than I know and rely on him. And so it's still about humility and mothering and mentors and friendships. So that's the story of the podcast. And then the book literally an agent that I was talking to, a friend of mine's agent, was so patient with me because I'd experienced not such a great book writing journey at the beginning. The reason I got to podcasting, I was a little hesitant to try again. And so she was waiting for me. And eventually I thought, you know, I do I do think I want to do that. I do want to give it a go again. And so I worked on a proposal for a little while. <laughs> she again was patient. <laughs> And pitched a totally different book than this, which I'm new to be working on, and it's due in April. (laughs) (laughs) But God, when I asked him, because other publishers were asking me, why aren't you writing Don't Mom Alone? That's a pretty obvious book for you to do. You have this podcast, you have this 
group of moms. And I thought, well, it's too obvious. Mm -hmm. It's not sexy enough. It's not interesting enough. You know, my Enneagram four side was wanting to be interesting. And so eventually I asked God, I said, God, what do you think? And he was asking me to apply the concepts in my next book and figure out, am I occupying the space he's given me, which is with moms? And I realized I didn't have a resource to give a mom. I have 300 episodes, which is overwhelming, but I didn't have something that she could connect with right off the bat. I mean, I met a mom yesterday at a bookshop. She'd never heard of the podcast. She's never, you know, known me. And I just was able to give her this and say, hey, after every chapter, you know, we have episodes that go with that chapter. And so you can dig deeper on any topic. And I realized, oh, these are all the things I would tell her over coffee. But I, I don't have time. It multiplies the message. And so it's been a gift to have that be all in one spot. Mm, well, it's been a gift to all of us for you to have created that all in one spot. So we're <laughs> so grateful. And you alluded to this, but now that I have a almost three-year-old nephew who spends typically about a night with me a week, I cannot fathom what it's like to have five males in the same house as you. <laughs> and that's your life. And so I would love for you to talk about that. Just tell us about your kids and tell us about what it's like to be the only female with five males. Yeah, man. I had an older brother. I still have him, but he's you know a lot older. He's 11 years older. I have a younger brother. He's two years younger. And so I grew up with boys but I was the girliest of the girls, the ballet, <laughs> the synchronized swimming, the, all the things. And so when I had, I just kept having boys. I was thankful to interact with <laughs> David's books and feel like, okay, mm. okay. They are literally different from me. This is, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. There are stages to this whole thing. This is the stage they're in. Because sometimes when they're in that three-year-old, four-year-old impulsive time, you think, oh my goodness, they're going to prison. This is not going to be good. They can't <laughs> control themselves yes. at all. And so I think some of the difficulty being the only female is they're all very different from me and my ideals of how life should be peaceful and calm and <laughs> thoughtful. It's not my reality. And so I have to let go of some of the ways I wish my environment would be and kind of understand a little bit better how they're wired and what's important to them, mm. which stretches me a bit. Mm. It's great. So good. I love that. Heather, we are devoting this season of the podcast to Sissy and Melissa's book called Modern Parents, Vintage Values, and would love to ask you, what's one vintage value you think kids struggle with today, and how do you think we can help them with it? This is a big question, y'all. <laughs> I saw that, and I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think what's hard for me is how many values I've tried to instill in my boys, and I feel like they just bounce off. Mm. <laughs> so I'm thinking, yes. I don't want to talk about one and then make a mom feel worse that her child doesn't have it. Because mm. I can hold all these values that I would like to see in my kids, but it, honestly— it's only the things that I'm implementing in my own life that happen. And so I think some of the challenges I see in kids are because it's in the adults. Mm -hmm. And so that would look like humility. Mm. That's a great one. It's great. I think yes. struggling with this concept that maybe 
we don't know it all. Mm-hmm. Although Google would tell us we can. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the information's everywhere. Right. And so this, you know, a TikTok's made and all of a sudden that's fact and they have a one up on everyone. There's just constant information, which makes you feel like you are bigger, better than the people around you. And I think sometimes this posture of, I don't know, and I may make a mistake and God is bigger and knowing what's yours and what's not yours is something I know I'm working on personally. Mm. And so I would hope that would translate to my boys, but telling you what, a lot of times I'm pretty self-controlled and they're not self-controlled. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of things of value that aren't translating. So I don't know. Wow. I need to pull up that book and figure out how to have the idea of what the value is and integrate it into our lives because that's the struggle. Can you help me mm. out? Is this where For I get sure. to interview y'all? Can I? <laughs> no, I'll send you a book. But. That's where I'm like, I keep wanting to turn the question around to y'all and this is not that show. It's not that show. Stink. No, which we love. And your answer is so reflective of humility. There you go. Mm-hmm. Circling right back. Just such a part of who you are. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Did you know that Minnow has an award-winning children's Bible written by VeggieTales creator Phil Vischer? The Minnow Laugh and Grow Bible for Kids is more than a children's Bible storybook. It's a deep, engaging, and whimsical gospel experience. Each Bible story is vividly illustrated, takes just minutes to read, and includes a family connection to encourage readers to learn, talk, and pray together. Find out more at shop.gomeno.com. That's shop.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. We have been talking specifically about respect some lately. Okay. And you have an awesome chapter called Like Riding a Horse that speaks to shaping kids. 
So will you talk about the isolating idea and the connecting truth of that chapter and how it might speak specifically to respect? Okay, I'm going to pull it up because I don't have it memorized just yet. (laughs) So the isolating idea is I don't know how to get my kids to obey. Mm. There's so much pressure. I think in Christian circles, I don't know that there are in secular. I can connect with my kids while shaping their behavior. I think for me, connection is a high value. If we're going to talk about, about values again. And the times when I've seen a lot of disrespect is when I'm demanding a certain level of behavior for my own comfort or for my own appearance because I'm scared. And then that's a demanding of the change in behavior. Instead of we have relationship, they're believing that I'm for them. And then anything I'm asking them to do or say or a way to behave comes from a place of, oh, my mom is for me. And so she's asking in a respectful way, I'm going to respond and respect her and her wishes. And so Mm. I think doing a lot of work on why are we asking a child to behave that way, whether it's, you know, getting ready to leave the house or it's we're out in public and we want to behave a certain way. I'm all about setting expectations of behavior and being respectful of other people. And I'm not about, you know, free for all parenting, but at the same time, I think we sometimes put expectations on behavior that are about us and not about those things. They're about us not wanting to look bad. Mm, yes. So good. If they hit a brother in public, oh my goodness, people are going to think I'm a bad mom that I've never <laughs> corrected you in that. Instead of getting curious about, oh my goodness, what is going on that you got mm. to the point that you did something you know you're not supposed to do because we have worked on that at home. And what is going on in this environment that's causing you to get stirred up to that place? What are you believing that's causing you to react in that way? And so I think some of the don't talk to me like that (laughs) is Mm. not being curious about what is going on because they probably know they're not supposed to talk to you like that. Being curious. That's so good, Heather. I love that. I feel so silly because y'all are experts and anything I say, I'm like, you guys know this. You (laughs) can tell me that's wrong, Heather. No. Not at all. Not at all. I just want you to tell me more. Tell me more. Do you agree? Disagree? Is that okay? Yes. And Heather, I was thinking too, even as Sissy was asking that question, I love the way you break that down in every chapter. Like every chapter is an isolating idea and a connecting truth. I just feel like not only do I love that in terms of format of the book, but just feels so reflective of who you want to be in the lives of parents. It just feels so reflective. Like, I want to speak more into that. And and how many parents listening, moms especially, who I think are circling around a lot of isolating ideas. And so just another reason why we love your book and love your work. And yes, would love to also ask you, What's one of the issues you believe is harder about being a parent today that's different than when your parents were raising you? So I was raised in a very countercultural way. So I think it's really different. I was homeschooled from third grade to eighth grade. We lived on five acres in Indiana. So pretty different. Definitely didn't have access to a phone all the time. 
we still consumed media, but we talked about what we were watching and discussed it as a family. Wow. But I think an issue that's harder today, I think that because of that technology piece, I know we hate it and we wish our kids didn't have phones. I think what actually makes it harder for me personally, as I'm getting into the teen stage, is there are so many external voices giving your kids ideas and opinions and they're influencing them. And I think in my growing up years, that was still true. Parents would get advice. Your kids' friends really matter because your kids' friends are going to influence them. Well, take that little circle and your little community and multiply it by a million. And I think you have no concepts of, you know, are they chatting with a cousin's friend from a totally different state on a Mm. Snapchat? I mean, you just, it's not someone that you know your kids hang out with that go to the same school. It's not someone that your kids hang out with that are from the same church even or neighborhood. This is expanded beyond anything you have a grasp on and you have no clue what information is coming in. And so I think what matters is not, okay, let's shut all that off because I think it's kind of not 100% possible. There are boundaries and ways you can monitor, but I think it's creating that relationship where they do have that respect for your thoughts and opinions. And that comes from years before they ever get a device. That comes from building that relational equity with lots of open conversations and not coming down hard on them anytime they bring up something that goes against what you might think, but saying, huh, that's interesting. Where'd you get that idea? Or (laughs) (laughs) let me not say it like that, but like open the conversation up to further discussion. Yeah. Again, being curious, but instead of just that's wrong, that's not what we believe. Then when new ideas come to them, they're more willing to bring it to you as a teen than if you've consistently shut them down from when they were little. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, That's so good. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly, just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater childcare needs in the summer and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. 
This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rvg to start a search for a nanny. And as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. David, did you get your taxes finished? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> what are you eating? Okay, I am obsessed with these new Chipotle barbecue kettle chips. Will you share? I would have, but they are all gone. Where did you get them? Thrive Market. Uh, how much do we love Thrive Market? I could record an entire podcast about that topic. You know who else loves Thrive Market? Patches. She loves the surf and turf meaty littles from the Honest Kitchen. I love that Patches has a surf and turf situation going on. (laughs) From pets to kids to grown-ups, everyone can find things they love at Thrive. Thrive Market is my go-to for all my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and I can use their on-site filters to suit my lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with a few clicks. And as a Thrive Market member, I save money on every single grocery order. On average, I save over 30% each time. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of my favorite brands. David, how much did you save on your last order? I saved $32. I saved over $12.67. How much did Patches save? (laughs) A lot. She's ordering more than I am. You got me hooked on ordering frozen foods. I got salmon, bacon, and pork this month. Something else I love is when you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. I love that too. Save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash RBG for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash RBG. Thrivemarket.com slash RBG. So, okay, thinking about Indiana and your childhood back there, what's something you would say you'd like to bring back from your childhood today? Oh, my goodness. I I really did have a magical childhood in that I had a lot of hours, hours to explore in those woods. I mean, just completely get lost and made up storylines. I know that I made up stories where I had my own home by the creek like a pioneer girl sweeping up the rocks. And I had, you know, I had Barbie dolls. I had a loft above my room 
And I could leave all my Barbies out and all of their homes and whatever I had and create whole storylines with them. I just had a lot of time. And I think what parents got a glimpse of in the last couple of years is there can be some benefits to a lot of time Mm -hmm. and there can be challenges. (laughs) So I think we realize maybe I don't want to have our schedule as full as before. Now, a side note, this fall was double fall. It was last fall and this fall combined. So true. Double <laughs> and, fall. And it didn't stick some of it. And so I hear people saying, okay, no, no, next season, we're not signing up for all the things. But it's so tempting. Mm. A friend group is setting up a team for your child to play whatever sport and you don't want them to miss out on being on the team. And so you say yes. And then it's the weekly games and the practices and the no time or space for creating an imagination. And so that's something I try to protect in our boys, but that I wish for other kids because I loved that time. Yes. Well, staying in that space of of your growing up, if we were to continue with this old school thinking, <laughs> tell us something you loved when you were a kid, like a favorite show, a favorite band, a favorite book. Okay. So I loved the movie Pirates of Penzance. Kind of obsessed. Mm. Just did a little reel about it, how I was kind of in love with one of the actors. And he looks just like my husband now. So that whole, like, what was your childhood crush and who are you married to? Totally, totally. (laughs) And little known fact, that movie, they released the beta the same weekend it came out in theaters. So it did terribly. It was the first movie to ever do that. And it did not do well. And then we look at all the times that movies are now coming out and being streamed at the same time. I think it's interesting. Yes. <laughs> and then I also loved the Babysitter's Club back then. All had all the books, even created my own Babysitter's Club. All right. That was the precursor to Don't Mom Alone. <laughs> We're already there. Yeah. Early. <laughs> yep. I had my little bag I would bring when I would go babysit. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All in. That's all so fun. In. Yeah. Okay, well, we sure want parents to be able to find you. Okay. Will you tell them all the places they can find you? Anywhere Don't Mom Alone. So don'tmomalone.com, Instagram, Don't Mom Alone, Facebook, Don't Mom Alone, all those places. All those places. And you're doing amazing things all the time. You're busy. Oh, you're sweet. Well, just looks like that. I told some people recently, it's been a month of being out front, and there's been years of behind the scenes. And so what can look like a lot going on is just a bunch of glitter and confetti and singing and dancing and performing. (laughs) You're doing a great job with all of it. You're sweet. And Uh Spotify is a great place to connect. If you've never listened to the show, I've created some Spotify playlists that have a lot of Sissy and David's episodes and other guests, you know, collected into best of parenting or where to start or new parents. So yeah, that's all. That's a great idea. That's awesome. I love that. It's a great mm-hmm. idea. Y'all could do that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have nearly what you have to create a best of yet. You have been at this work for a lot of years. Oh, well. Eight years yesterday. Eight wow. Years happy really? anniversary. Yes. Thank happy you. anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we've had the great pleasure of traveling to your state of Texas and having some of the amazing food you all are hogging there in that state. <laughs> with and you. With you <laughs> and our friend Courtney. Yeah. And should we have that opportunity again, and we hope we do. Yes. You know how we feel about the Tex-Mex. What taco would you be ordering? 
So we have a taco place, a block from our house called Velvet Taco. I don't think I've taken y'all there, but have you been I to one? I have heard about it. We I've never been to one. We got it in Nashville. No, okay. we did not. Yes, we did. Okay. Okay, tell us what to order when we go. So they have backdoor chicken, which is a great deal. You just knock on the back door. And on Mondays here, now I don't know if they'll do it in Nashville because y'all got so much money just flying out. They might not give you a deal. But here in Dallas, on Mondays, you knock on the back door and you can get a whole rotisserie chicken and the special corn, you know, with the cream sauce and like some pico de gallo and some tortillas for $10. Oh, oh my goodness. I know. Back you could get a chicken. second one and take it to a mom friend and you look like an amazing person. Wow. <laughs> amazing. That's great to know. But I like their picnic taco, which has some potato salad in it with some fried chicken, some slaw, mm-hmm. all in a taco. They had an Elvis taco that was, they call it their special feature taco. I'm not going to tell you the name because it has a cuss word in it, but they have a special feature taco every week. And one was an Elvis Presley and it had peanut butter. It had Nutella. It had a banana. It had bacon. It had some sort of jelly. It was amazing. Wow. I know. It was amazing. It was amazing. And then they have like a tikka masala taco. That's really good. Like an Indian flavor one. Well, that is fun. I got a list going. (laughs) <laughs> they have so many great tacos at this place. Wow. And they have a red velvet cake that's really good. Really good. Okay. Good to know. Y'all are making me so hungry. We're going to stop talking about it. <laughs> Lunchtime. Yes. That's so fun. Heather, well, you are a gift to us, to the world. Thank you. I need wisdom from you. Mm. I need your help. Okay. Here's my question. Can I ask questions of y'all? Is that illegal? If you would like to have us back on your podcast, it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> How's David, that for that inviting ourselves back? That was, that was good, David. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, y'all. It's so fun to turn the tables on it you for today. It is fun to turn the tables We've on you. We've never had that opportunity, and we love it. No, I really am not used to talking to you guys and not getting, like, to <laughs> get free counsel. Yo, y'all are amazing. Keep going. Thank you for having me. Such a gift. Well, you're amazing, and keep going. And thank you for joining us. And next time, for sure, something over tacos. Just getting to have time with you. We're just so grateful for you. Yeah, help me raise these boys. Okay, mm. deal. Thankful You're doing for great, you, friend. It's great to see you. <laughs> it Good is. to see you too. Thank you. The Raising Boys and Girls podcast is brought to you in partnership with Minnow. Minnow helps you make screen time meaningful for your family, which shows kids love and values parents trust. Check them out at podcast.gominnow.com. That's podcast.g-o-m-i-n-n-o.com. It's our joy to bring the experience and insight we gain through our work beyond the walls of the Daystar House. Join us next time for more help and hope as you continue your journey of raising boys and girls.